Hello, lovelies. Welcome to the Fat Joy Podcast, where we talk each week about how to flourish in an anti-fat world. I'm Sophia Apostol, a fat person and professional coach who loves talking to other fat people about what it's like to live within oppressive systems that marginalize our bodies and how we still dare to have the audacity and courage to reach towards our collective liberation and embrace our joy. Please know this is an adult content podcast, so there will be swears. We will be talking about harms we've experienced, and we will be rebelling against diet culture, anti-fatness, ableism, racism, etc. If you'd like to support the Fat Joy podcast, please check us out at patreon.com slash fatjoy. Oh, and I'm so glad you're here with us. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Fat Joy. I am so happy to be joined by Laura Williams. Um, Laura is the owner of, or how I discovered Laura, is she's the owner of the Perfect Pair Earring Company. And I, you have to check out her company. I fell in love and actually just ordered, um, and it's on its way. It's in Vancouver right now. It's coming all the way from Australia because that's where Laura is. Um, These big, dangly heart-shaped purple sparkled earrings that say fuck diet culture (laughs) and I was like so I placed this order and Laura (laughs) I'm so curious how you remember this and I wrote back and I'm like so I just placed an order I think you're awesome do you want to be on my podcast (laughs) I just like recruited you because I was like oh my god you're doing such cool work um so I and she said yes so I am so happy Laura to have you joining us um Laura's going to introduce herself and also talk about the other work that she does as an anti-diet dietitian which is another huge bonus to being able to talk to Laura um so welcome Laura I'm so happy you're here I'm so excited. This is my first podcast and I feel very special. So thank you very much for asking me. Yes. Um, I've been telling everybody who will listen that I'm going on a podcast. (laughs) I love it. I'm so honored to be your first. (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, So should I do a little intro? Yeah. Yeah. Tell us who Um, you are. So I am a dietitian based in Melbourne, Australia. Um, and I, I would identify as being an anti-diet dietitian, which I'll explain a bit more about what that means. Um, but I currently work in a hospital setting, um, and that's where I've worked for the four or so years that I've been a dietitian. My background is also that I was a nurse for seven years prior to that. So I've got a lot of experience in healthcare. Um, I guess the The way you found me, of course, was through my earring business. Um, So the Perfect Pair Earring Co. is my business name. Um, I am going to be rebranding later this year, which is very exciting because at the moment I do a bit of a combination of um, anti-diet, fuck diet culture, smashing the patriarchy earrings and also food earrings because I'm a dietitian and love to wear food earrings. Oh my God. I just Um, got that. I didn't realize that's the food. You again, you have to check out the website because there's like toast, like toast with jam on it and like kiwi earrings. And I love the blood orange ones. I want to get those. Like they're so fun. These earrings. Thank you so much. Um, it brings me a lot of joy to wear them because I've got like food outfits, food prints on my dresses, 
And I find it's a really fun way to kind of break the ice with patients or clients a lot of the time. And they'll be like, oh, that's a great dress for a dietitian." I'm like, oh, yeah, I know. And then I just, you know, <laughs> breaks the ice a bit. Um, but I am going to be going much more in a anti-diet body liberation, fuck diet culture direction and really niching down. And I'm going to be um, renaming my business Radical Creatures, which yes. is you heard it here first. Um, <laughs> really, really exciting. So I was explaining that to Sophia that um, Radical Creatures is, you know, Radical Creatures are the people that have ditched diet culture and they are just embracing their bodies the way that they are now. And that is radical. It's a radical act of self-love and self-care. So I'm really excited to be going in that direction. Oh, so amazing. I love that. And I, like I said, I'm so excited for the earrings that where that I can wear that call me a radical creature. <laughs> um, so Laura, the question that I love to ask every guest right at the top is what your relationship is to the word fat. Cause I have found that you know, hopefully in the next generation, this question will be unrelevant, non-relevant, but we, I, everyone I talk to goes through this journey with mm. the word fat and their relationship to it, their acceptance of it, their resistance to it. So I'm just so curious, like, what was that journey like for you? That's such an interesting question. And it definitely has been a journey for me. Um, so of course, probably like most people, um, in the beginning, the word fat was something that I had very negative <laughs> relationship with. Um, when I was studying a diet to be a dietitian, all the way up to when just before I graduated, I was very weight centric in my thinking um, and was really uncomfortable with the idea that I was going to be in a what I would now describe as a fat body as a dietitian thinking that I was going to be a bad role model for my clients. And I really was in that mindset, which I just feel so, so sad about now that I thought that for so many years. Yeah. Um, but now I've been on this journey of, um, I guess, self-discovery. That sounds so <laughs> cheesy. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> In my last week of studying to be a dietitian, right before my exams, um, I started to learn about health at every size and the non-diet approach. And I was like, wow, why has this not been talked about before? It wasn't in your curriculum at all. No, it was oh. the week before exams. So I had this absolute like crisis studying oh my for my exam. Everything I've learned is bullshit, yeah. um, which is not true, but I just was yeah. so heartbroken um, that I didn't know this existed before um, and that I really truly believed that to in order to be healthy, you needed to have a, you know, quote unquote, healthy body size, mm -hmm. which is just absolute rubbish as we know, um, yeah. or that, you know, or that health is the most important thing and all like, there's so much there, right. That we, yeah. Or that we can even really control our health in, yeah. in the yeah. way we think we can. Yeah. 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 And, that, and that the pursuit of weight loss is a healthy thing is yes. also a, a something I believed, which I just, to clarify, do not believe now. Yeah. Um, did you go through a lot of, I, cause I'm so interested that you're, you were a nurse and then decided to become a dietitian as someone who was living in a fat body. It reminds mm -hmm. me of, I worked at like a really hardcore outdoor hiking store 
and camping mm-hmm. store and like world trekking store. And I was in a fat body and I felt like a fraud every time I walked in, mm-hmm. even though I did all those things, but I kept feeling like everyone who looks at me is going to wonder who the hell is she? Why the fuck is she helping me? I don't want her. Um, mm-hmm. Like, was there something like that for you? Was that something you worried yeah. about or thought about? Yeah, Absolutely. Throughout my dietetic degree I kept thinking I've just got to find the right diet I just haven't found it yet yes and once I do I'm going to be the most successful dietitian in the world because I'm going to find the secret (laughs) yes Um, yes it doesn't exist um (laughs) spoiler spoiler alert (laughs) so I went this was the catalyst to my journey and it was an absolute emotional roller coaster because I was so disgusted with society for brainwashing me into thinking that my body was wrong. And every single woman I, you know, that was a strong influence in my life growing up had been on a diet. Yes. And I have these memories of them hating their own bodies. And that is just so heartbreaking to me. So I went through a lot of emotional, just like, yeah, a roller coaster, Mm. unpacking all of that. And It took me, I couldn't tell you exactly how long, but it probably took me at least a year or two to be like, yep, I have a fat body and that's cool. Um, And just as I um, decided that, yep, I'm, I'm cool with this term. It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to claim this. And I sort of, when I'm describing it to people, I kind of explain it as like how the LGBTQIA plus community, you know, reclaimed the word queer. It was previously used to harm people and they've, you know, the community has reclaimed it back. So I kind of feel the same way about the word fat. And just as I, you know, felt like, yep, I have a fat body. I'm a fat person. I'm a fat dietitian. I then started to um, feel like I wasn't fat enough to call oh. myself fat. <laughs> so oh my gosh. Went, she went the other way. <laughs> I went the other way because, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, people started, because I was listening to different people talking about different things on podcasts, reading books and stuff. And they, they would talk about like, well, you're not really fat unless you have X, Y, Z experience mm. or you're this clothing size. And I was like, oh, mm. like I kind of fall. I'm sort of in the middle. Like it's, it, yeah. So yeah. it's been a bit of a journey. Um, yeah. I feel really positive about it now. The yeah. thing that's really interesting is that I don't like to call myself fat in front of other people unless I know that they're not going to be weird about it because it makes other people uncomfortable, which is their own internalised fat phobia. Yeah, I need to get over that a little bit and just be like, yeah, Yeah. I'm a fat dietitian, whatever. (laughs) Like that's their problem, not mine. (laughs) Right. Well, oh, sorry. Well, I I was was really... Yeah, no, go ahead. <laughs> you go, Laura. <laughs> I was just going to say that um, I remember I've got this really clear experience or memory in my mind of like telling someone that I was going to do fat yoga and I was really excited about it um, and because there was this class in Melbourne called fat yoga and they just got so angry. They were like, how, like, how is it okay for someone to call it fat yoga? Like, you know, if someone else called it fat yoga that wasn't fat, then blah, 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 you know, it would just, they'd be raked over the coals. And I was just like, whoa, like, why are you so angry about it? Oh my gosh. That's the perfect question, right? Like it really elicits strong feelings in people. And that's what I was curious about you as you were going through this journey over like a couple of years, because you said like every 
every person in your life basically was on a diet. So when you started shifting, so this was huge for me and I had many awkward, horrible storm out conversations with family members of mine. Like, I'm so curious, what was your experience as you were embracing anti-diet approaches Mm -hmm. as you were embracing the word fat and yet everyone else around you was still stuck in diet culture. Like to me, that is, Oh, I hate that space. I hate being in that space and feeling like I always have to defend. So I'm just so curious, like, what was that like for you, especially because your profession is Mm. dietetics, right? It's really mixed. So there's some family members that have listened to me rant endlessly and convert them. And they're like, yeah, I get it. I'm on board. Because it's like, it's one of those things. It's the (laughs) matrix. Once you know the matrix exists, you can't unsee the matrix. Oh, can I send you the phone numbers of some of my family members? I have managed to convert (laughs) no one. No one's listening to me. They want <laughs> to find friends me, I the ones that I've fully got across to the, um, <laughs> away from the dark side, I suppose. Um, the others, I think, are open to the fact that, like, yeah, maybe things aren't as cut and dry as I thought. And then there's others that are like, no, actually, I don't agree with you, but happy to kind of, you know, be civil about it or just okay. not go there. Like, and that's fine. That's fine. Like, no one is horrible to me about it or you know starts arguments um maybe because that they know I'm going to get on my soapbox and be like yeah well actually (laughs) so they just don't go there I love it here are 10 studies that prove my point (laughs) Um, in terms of work that is really interesting because I um I don't know any other fat dietitians I don't think like personally maybe no maybe one um they don't really identify as fat. So it's kind of a interesting sort of space. But um, when I started working as a dietitian, I was um, in a team of thin people, which, you know, I always felt like the outcast. And I also felt like I had to fly under the radar with being an anti-diet dietitian because it wasn't really accepted where in that workplace. It was, they were very weight focused. Yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah, it's always been an an issue for me because as a hospital dietitian, our main uh, thing that we're trying to treat and prevent is malnutrition because it has has really detrimental effects to overall health and recovery in hospital. And I couldn't understand how people, there was a whole team of dietitians who were working uh, with people having weight loss surgery and then seeing them lose enormous amounts of weight and be like, yep, that's a success. And then on the other hand, they're caring for patients that have, may have lost the same percentage of weight and going, they have severe malnutrition. Right. How, like it just never felt right to me. No. And I was so focused on that there that I, that was not the job for me. And I ended up, we parted ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it it's really interesting as a dietitian that there are people that so strongly feel that, or they're in that weight centric mind, yeah. you know, frame of mind, and I they're just not people like that I can really be friends with. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's true. Them, but I'm just like, oh, you're not my person. No. Um, yeah, um, I find for the most part now that I'm a bit more experienced and a bit more confident, I'm just like, 
yeah, I don't do weight loss advice. So if someone's really wanting that, they're going to be need to be referred elsewhere or to yeah. someone else. You're just really clear about it. I love that. Does it feel yeah. good to claim that now or does it still it feel a little awkward? Yeah, it feels good. It does. But then I feel like I still, I get questions sometimes about it yeah. and I'm like, it might be like, oh, you know, whatever the justification is for it, this person needs to lose weight. And I'm like, yeah, but do they? And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes they do have arguments for it where I can see where they're coming from, but I'm still like the pursuit of weight loss is harmful. So like, yeah, maybe being in a smaller body would help whatever that problem is. Potentially we don't know, mm-hmm. but the pursuit of weight loss is harmful. So how can we prescribe yeah. that? I don't yeah. do that. I believe it's unethical and people are really just sort of sit back oh. and go like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. I've yeah. yeah, and there's so there's some real there's so many great um people doing work that now you know Instagram is kind of like my go-to way of finding out all of this. So I think about like um the fat what's uh fat doctor UK um mm-hmm. and the work around, you know, if we were to prescribe a pill that failed 96 to 99% of the time, like we wouldn't. So why do we keep doing this with weight loss? Like there's just basic statistics that make no sense and really highlight how dangerous and how pervasive diet culture is because we still do that. Like I think about that. So my mother-in-law who's 77 lives with us and she, her, one of her big obsessions is still, and she's, she needs nutrition. We had a nutritionist actually come in because we were worried about a few things with her and she still will not follow the nutrition guidelines because it would involve her eating more. And she still like cuts the slivers of fat off of a pork loin or a pork chop or whatever it is we're having. And there's this, the weight equaling their self-worth, the weight equaling health and I just think the work that you're doing as an anti-diet dietitian is so important to like actually break apart those equations that we've been brought up to believe are true because they aren't, but it's so hard for people. I cannot get my mother-in-law to eat any fat and I know she needs it. She's having dizzy spells and I'm like, you've got to eat. You have to eat before you work out with your trainer. And she's like, no, I just eat the yogurt, the non-fat yogurt. I'm like, no, like have an English muffin. Your body needs carbs, but it's just, it's amazing just how ingrained it is. And she like, and that's just one example. I just, you know, we, we probably each know of thousands of these, but, um, how do you, when, when you are working with people, do you find, that you are also working with them to undo this systemic level brainwashing, like the ones who do choose to work with you? How do you take them through that process? It is really hard. Um, and I, I don't get to do a lot of it, but with clients and patients, I don't have the opportunity at the job I'm currently in to do a lot of that work because there's so much else that needs to be done. Mm. Um, and it takes a long time to unpack that. A lot of the time, I would say for the absolute majority of people I've seen that, um, that I'm providing nutritional care to, that they have never heard of the non-diet approach, which is what I use as a dietitian. They've never once thought to themselves that weight loss pursuits might be 
bullshit or futile or that, you know, just not needed. Like, yeah. so introducing that for the first time, like you would know from your own experience and my experience and that, that it takes time to sink in. First of all, you're like, what? And then you resist <laughs> it, right? You're like, that's yes. not possibly true. And so I don't have the, at the moment, I'm not in the right space to really be having those discussions. Got it. That is something I want to do in the future though. I do want to work yeah. with clients, probably in a private practice setting where they they are already aware of like they've had the initial shock mm-hmm. and they've gone through the stages of grief and now they're ready to go okay diets are bad <laughs> what now do what? I do yes bed? yes yeah. yeah that's those are the clients I work with actually myself as a coach because I can't I'm not oh I am I wish I was more patient Laura I I am not um, I heard a quote the other day, someone told me, I was talking to someone, I was like, oh, I'm just not that good of a person. And then they said, well, maybe it's like, you're a good person, but not a great person. I'm like, that's what it is. Like, I am not great enough, patient enough to work with people who haven't had that first eye-opening experience. I find I just get so frustrated and it just feels like talking to a brick wall. So yeah, working with people who have had that eye-opening experience. I love that you mentioned grief. Cause there is so much grief and letting go of these beliefs and this way of living that we've held for so long. And then they're like, so what? And then that's when I work with them, which actually I love, like, that's the perfect ground. And they, we still, I still have ways to go on this journey. I still have like moments of internalized anti-fatness and I catch it and I use my tools. And so that's, that's okay. But to have, I I don't, can you imagine ever going back to not knowing what you know now? Yeah. uh, No, no, I can't imagine. And I just, I, I feel so sad for my younger self. Yes. Oh, the amount of hours, money, um, emotional mm. energy that I put into trying to shrink my body. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm devastated. When when I talk about sort of going through the stages of grief, I'm, I'm quite a dramatic person. <laughs> I really fell into a pit of despair. I oh, really did. Yes. I was devastated. And as I said, it was the week before my exams, yes. my final exams, and I had to like just oh. get it together enough so I could... <laughs> my final exams oh my gosh um and then I fell into the pit of despair again um yeah (laughs) but then you know things sort of neutralize a bit and you think okay maybe I can like there is space for both things like nutrition therapy is not just all about weight loss and yes so I started because I just thought oh it's all bullshit like yeah 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 Yeah. amazing um I did yeah. want to say, because I, I don't think I've said this yet, I wanted to explain um, what an anti-diet dietitian means. Have I yes. said that yet? Um, I think go into it. You mentioned it a little bit, but say a little more. I think it's so interesting. Because I think yeah. it's important to kind of bust that, bust a few myths to start off with, because Please. the word, the you know, the, the job title dietitian has the word diet in it. So it can be really confusing when someone sees non-diet dietitian or anti-diet dietitian. And what they often think is that it means anti-health or anti-nutrition. So as a dietitian, what I do is use what we call medical nutrition therapy to treat or manage various nutritional problems. So that could be a chronic condition it could be something more acute like they have loss of appetite or you know they have nausea or whatever right you know, um, and what it means to be 
anti-diet is to not, when we're setting goals for a client or a patient, we are not setting goals around losing weight. That is not one of our outcome measures. Yeah. So I just wanted to clarify that because I I think sometimes people can get really confused and even other dietitians Mm -hmm. sometimes when I talk to them about it. Yeah. Well, all the, all, every dietitian I know, and I know a few, and then anyone I see online, it's always about weight loss. Mm. Like it's, it's in there. It's in there. It's like you, you'll have, I mean, I'm just going to make something up, but it could be like, you'll have shinier hair. You'll have more energy. You'll feel stronger and your waist will drop 10 inches. Like it's always Mm. part of the conversation around food and how we ingest food to support our life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's hopefully um, it's, is heartening the right word to know that there are lots of anti-dietitians, oh. anti-dietitians out there. Um, maybe we're just kind of hanging back and not being like, oh, we're anti-diet because it is it is really tricky being yeah. an anti-dietitian in yeah. a very weight-centric health system. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. I I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, because I have you, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna ask a personal question. So recently, and I don't, I don't know if you've dealt with this before, but it's another area where I'm seeing a lot of, um, diet culture, wellness culture, um, show up is, so I recently was diagnosed with endometriosis. And so that is, um, I, I'm not going to go into all the details cause there's a lot, but basically what the language I keep seeing, the, the conversations I keep seeing and all these um, endometriosis boards are around, you need to eat in an anti-inflammatory diet. And, but, mm. but, but it's so hard because I, I am anti-diet <laughs> and yet at the same time, there's all of this conversation rhetoric, rhetoric around restrict. And they, and they often like oh, so many people go on keto and they go on like FODMAP. I don't even know what that is. Actually, I haven't really looked that up, but there's all these things and the anti-inflammatory diet and blah, blah. And it's like, as if this is the cure-all for this disease that actually there is no cure for, but there's, So there's interesting it, what I'm noticing now that I have this kind of chronic, maybe not chronic forever. I don't know, although probably, because again, it's surprising how little we actually know about endometriosis, but there's so much diet culture baked into even the chronic illness aspect of endometriosis. I'm just so curious if that's something you've run across yourself in your role. Absolutely. You've raised a really good point there that, um, the word diet is something I still use because when we use medical nutrition therapy, it is often called a particular type of diet. For example, if someone has malnutrition and we're wanting to help them regain weight or to stabilize their weight, we would use a high energy, high protein diet. Or for someone who has um, a flare up of their Crohn's disease, we might prescribe a low fiber diet for a short period of time. Mm -hmm. And so there is a very clear distinction between that type of diet, which we would call a therapeutic diet and weight loss diet. So if you're not a dietitian kind of in the space, it can be so confusing. Um, And it it just makes it so hard in terms of an anti-inflammatory diet. I'm going to say I don't know a lot about endometriosis, but I know a fabulous anti-diet dietitian who specializes in women's health. Amazing. And she has been posting heaps about endometriosis. Oh. Um, 
so I can give you her details. She's wonderful. Please. Um, should I tell you now? I'll tell you. Yeah, now. yeah. So people can hear too. <laughs> I'll well, give her a plug because she's amazing. Yeah. Well, and one in 10 women have endometriosis. Like, and that's even that's just the ones who've been diagnosed. Like it's so yeah. common. I'm again, I'm learning so much about this disease. But yeah, what's her I name? So her, her name yeah. is Nadia Maxwell. Nadia? Nadia Maxwell. Yeah. So on Instagram, she's Nadia Maxwell underscore dietitian. Okay, amazing. Yeah, she's awesome. Thank you. Um, I'm going to check her out. I had no idea that endometriosis was so common. I have PCOS, which is. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Yeah. 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 Not very well understood. And the. um, And weight loss is always. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) When you go see a doctor, lose weight, go on the pill, and then come back to us when you want to have a baby. That's the um, the therapy plan. You know, that's yeah. not dissimilar from endometriosis because when you're pregnant, apparently endometriosis goes away for a little bit. So I have wow. friends who have been diagnosed with endo who do not want to have children. And the doctors are like, well, just have a baby and that will stop your pain. I mean, everything. right. <laughs> I j- oh, anyway, <laughs> we could, we could soapbox about the medical industrial complex, I'm sure for a very long time. Um, but I'm glad you, thank you for sharing, going a little deeper into what it means to be an anti-diet dietitian. Um, I'm so curious if your diet culture sucks, fuck diet culture, jewelry, did that, I don't know which came first, but did that kind of come from this journey that you've been on and you just wanted, like, I'm so curious, like, yeah. what's the trajectory to that as like a, yeah. a business? So when did I, I started my jewelry business in 2020, as so many people did, um, I started a small business in the pandemic. Yeah. What else were we going to do when we were in lockdown, right? <laughs> um, um, and I started to think about like, what do I actually want to make? And I feel so fiercely passionate about getting the anti-diet message out there and wanting to almost have something that's like, um, I don't know if th- what the right word is, if it's like talisman or like, but like yes. something that I can physically touch. Like a like, touchstone. This is going to ground me to yeah. be like, yep. So when I'm having a bad day, bad body image day, or I'm getting some intrusive thoughts coming in to have something that I can be like, right, I'm going to pop my fuck diet culture earrings on. I mean, like, screw you, diet culture, and just, you know, live my best life. I actually yes. really find it helps. It helps to yes. set intention. I think with a lot of, like, the way, I sort of think of it in a similar way to people use crystals yes. that have particular meanings or, you know, and that is all really about setting intention, isn't it? I'm going to use such and such crystal to feel a certain way. Totally, totally, yeah. And I, I feel that way about my jewellery and my earrings. And there's been, I've received so many testimonials from people telling me the same thing yes. I would love to share I'd love to share one in particular with you if you yes oh my gosh so happy so I get so many beautiful messages from people and it always brightens my day people <laughs> think that if people have a, you know if someone has a small business that you know they, they might look at their messages and be like no I don't care but honestly we're always really excited <laughs> and I sometimes cry oh <laughs> yes um, but one in particular that I really want to share is um, there was a customer of mine who was having inpatient eating disorder um, treatment. 
So they were um, completely out of control. Um, I won't go into it in case anything's sort of triggering, but they were Mm -hmm. having some treatment that they had no control and they they needed to adhere to a particular therapeutic regimen to recover. And they felt like they had no control over their body. And so they were wearing the, um, I've got some that say, um, I did at the time. I don't know if I've still got any at the moment, but my body, my rules. Yes. Oh, it made them feel like in a situation where they had no control that they had some. Yeah. Yeah. They could at least control the earrings that they put on and what the message was. Yeah. I so get that. Yeah. Um, And it was, that was just so amazing to me because I had no idea that it it would have an impact on someone like that, that it would actually make them feel more empowered how amazing I actually want to cry thinking about it right it's so true I'm so excited now that we're we're kind of in Canada we're we're pretending COVID doesn't exist so we're out and about (laughs) um and uh we start I've started doing things again because I am also apparently pretending that COVID no longer exists for better or worse um and uh, I'm so excited to get the fuck diet culture earrings because they're big too and glittery and I just I can't I'm so curious to see the reactions from like I can imagine like a server at a restaurant or like hanging like meeting up with friends for brunch like I just I'm so curious to see what they evoke and if anyone says anything um oh, they will. they're definitely a conversation starter yeah, yeah. so yeah. good I'll have to have like my elevator pitch for why diet culture is destructive <laughs> like prepared <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And even just having um like the word fuck on earrings is going to oh, be really catching. I I'm previously so had excited. It, so it was like um sort of censored out. So it was like F with a few little asterisks. I can't say that word. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, asterisks. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wrap my mouth around that word. Um, but now I've, you know, I've, as I'm changing things, I've um thought, no, why, why are we um trying to be subtle about this mm-hmm. let's just put the word fuck on the earrings yeah and really just be out there oh my god <laughs> so good um have you had people have you heard back from people who wear the diet culture ones and like what they've experienced yeah so there's lots of people um I guess in all different kind of circumstances that that wear them so um I've heard of um different practitioners so some dietitians, psychologists um oh. all sorts of all sorts of different clinicians and professions wearing them um, sort of as a a sign of solidarity or allyship for their clients. So they might be in a thin body themselves, but it's kind of an indicator to their clients in larger bodies that, hey, I see you. Yeah. I accept you. You're welcome here. You're safe. Mm, So it's really important from that point of view. Um, I've heard about people wearing it to their doctor's appointments. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That's what I'm going to do. I argue with every specialist I see about this. Oh my God. Thank you for popping that in my brain. Yes, yes, yes. It sends a very clear message. Um, I have also um, made some like lapel pins or enamel pins that are smaller and more subtle that can also serve as being sort of that touch, was it touchstone, touch point? Yeah, touchstone, yeah. If you don't want to be as out there, so I'm trying to um, create something for people that maybe don't want the (laughs) the (laughs) potentially, um, you know, the the confrontation. Right. But, yeah, yeah, I'm hoping that um, that's helpful for people. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> I've, got, I've got one of my pens um, stuck on my pen board at work. It's just like a little subtle. Oh. Because I can't wear fuck diet culture to work. No, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Oh, wow. <laughs> Have you, I'm super curious. This is, I'm just, I don't know. I obviously don't know the answer to this, but I am really curious because it's something that I've felt too is um or that I have felt not to I don't know if you felt the same but as a business owner as you've been building a business have you ever felt internalized anti-fatness or fat phobia kind of creeping in and impacting the feeling of deserving to run your own business and your capability as a business person and like I just it surprised me when I was building my coaching practice, even though I was focused on basically this work around body liberation, fat liberation, I still would have thoughts of, well, I'll never be as popular as X, Y, Z thin coach. And people aren't going to want to work with me because of my fat body, even though I'm a fat person coaching fat people about how to be okay in fat bodies. Like it just, it was such a mind fuck still. Did you, have you experienced that with your work? Yeah, absolutely. I've often thought that someone else's business is going to be more popular than mine because they're in a thin body. I've thought that kind of thing a lot. I, It's really interesting. I hadn't really consciously thought about this, but in the beginning, I wasn't the one taking photos in my earrings. I was getting other people to send me oh, their photos. I was yes. giving them to take photos. And people didn't act, couldn't recognize my face as the owner of the business. And I've always been self-conscious in photos. Yeah. And that is something that I'm still working on. It's a journey that yeah. I am trying to get my face out there and just show my body as it is. That's, that's something I'm still working on. But oh. it really surprised me when I realized it's like I've got these earrings. And this message about embracing the body you have. And then I'm not even really doing that. So Isn't that amazing? Yeah. yeah. I really get yeah. that. I feel that. Yeah. And you're yeah. right. It is a journey. I feel like, I, I mean, I don't know. I, well, I don't know that it will ever be over. I've talked to so many people about this, people who've been, you know, anti-diet culture activists for decades. And I'm like, so are you there yet? They're like, no, <laughs> they're still, and it'll, it'll surprise them. There will still be like a situation or a person and something gets activated and it's like, oh, there's that, like another remnant deep down buried inside of, you know, fat phobia internalized. And it's, yeah, it's just so deep it just runs through us because we've been kind of brought up in it and indoctrinated by it so yeah Yeah. and I have to point out that I experience um what I want to call like internalized fat phobia in my job as a dietitian because I have literally had patients say to me how are you going to be able to help me you're a fat dietitian yes oh gosh my care it hasn't happened uh, very but it has happened. Well, like, imagine. what would you know? What would you know about health or nutrition? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it happens. And, you know, they might just be like, they're the absolute minority. There's only yeah. a handful of them, but they still stick in my mind sometimes. Or yeah. I might, when I meet people either at work or just sort of socializing and they'll say, what do you do? And I say, I'm a dietitian and I wait for the, yeah. The surprise reaction. <laughs> yeah. As I get more confident in my abilities, I sort of think, well, I don't give a fuck what you think. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
whatever. And I've actually yeah. started to think, um, you know, that I'm actually really well placed to be having discussions about these sort of things because I've experienced them myself. And so, you know, personally, I would love to see a fat dietitian. And I know a lot of people feel that way because they feel like they're going to be understood. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. 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 Well, and especially as hopefully this is becoming more and more common, people mm. realize that health and body size are not correlated. There is nothing that happens to a fat body that doesn't also happen to a thin body and that the pursuit of weight loss, intentional weight loss it causes more harm than good. And there is no long-term like weight loss regimen program, like anything that is permanent. Like the studies all stop after one year, everyone gains weight back. I mean, I, I am an expert dieter because I have lost and regained hundreds of pounds. And like, I'm the classic yo-yo dieter. And every time I lost hundred pounds, I gained 150, lose hundred, gain 150. And it's like, until I stopped whenever it was, I don't know, four or five years ago now, um, I was just yo-yoing all over the place. And I was, you know, not, I did not feel good. I, I don't, I really, my health markers were off and now I go to the doctor, not, and health is a privilege and not that we have, we owe anybody health, but I definitely get the double take when the doctors look at my blood work and go, hang on, hang on. And they pause and they're like, everything's normal. I'm like, yeah. Do you want to hear about the BMI? Let me tell you about the origins of the BMI. <laughs> then, and Don't then even we, get me started on the BMI. Right? Well, I yeah. know. It's yeah. so, I, yeah, it's such bullshit. So yeah. And then we, and then we fight. I fight with my doctors all the time <laughs> because you're right. I would love to go to, I've, I have not yet encountered any weight neutral or even health at every size or even somewhat aware of diet culture health practitioner, not one, not from like a massage therapist to, you know, the people I'm seeing around endo from the gynecologist to the surgical specialist, to the fellows, to my family doctors, like they're just not a single person. And I always talk to them about it and not a single one. And it's, it's heartbreaking and it's emotionally exhausting too. Right. Like, yeah. So the amount of times that I have left the doctor in tears, yeah, it's yeah. more common than not when I have to go mm-hmm. and see my, my no. doctor. Um, so I, yeah. I feel you there, yeah, yeah, it's um, so true. What's really sad, I mean, they, they do exist, weight neutral practitioners do exist, but what's really sad is that you can say, um really blatantly, I don't want to discuss my weight. I don't want a treatment that is targeted at weight loss. I have issues around whatever, like how, you know, you could say to Mm -hmm. someone, I have an eating disorder or I, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I just like, okay, yeah, but like you still need to lose. That's that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I've experienced. I've literally said I have binge eating disorder and I would like a weight neutral approach. And I'll say things like, Um, yeah. What would you prescribe a thin person who has these exact same systems? What evidence-based approach? And they're like, well, it doesn't matter. You need to lose weight. And then I'm like, oh my God, like, it's just, yeah. 
Yeah. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. But I think about the work that you're doing and the conversations that we're having and that you are creating radical creatures. Like, again, I just feel like there is this groundswell of hope. It just gives me so much hope to know that you're out there doing this kind of work in a way that is going to be so, that is so supportive for people and who are back. I think that we're all working together to sound again cheesy, but we're creating a better future for the generations after us. Yes. Yeah. 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 Interesting. When you, when you were talking about, was it your mother-in-law who doesn't mm-hmm. want to eat that? I was thinking about like previous generations, they, I guess there's kind of two issues there. They lived through the eighties where fat was like, Mm-hmm. the devil and <laughs> so they're probably traumatized from that and can't unlearn that yeah. but then maybe um they were less vocal also about like being vocal or challenging you know beliefs was really not really allowed whereas now I feel like our generation we're we're just all out there telling everyone what we think we've got <laughs> we've got social media you know yeah. we're much more able to do that it's so true. And I feel, I feel like I'm in my forties. So I'm about to turn 42 this week and I'm, I'm so at the, thank you. Um, I am so at the, I don't give a fuck anymore phase, which is such a joy because I can go out and be public and like delete shitty comments off my Instagram. I don't care. I'm not arguing with people. It's my space. Delete, delete, delete. And I just, I, yeah. So I feel you're right. There are, there are so many more voices and I'm just personally finding as I get older, I just care less and less and want to rip it all apart and burn it. <laughs> and <laughs> I am a radical creature, Laura. <laughs> oh, it's so exciting hearing someone else say it. Ah! I just think it's such a great name. I'm so excited to see the rebrand and see what it looks like. Um, I'm super curious, Laura, if there was one thing that you would want listeners to know or what you wish, like some gift you could give people who are listening, like what would it, what would it be? Oh, wow. Oh, it's hard to just pin down one. I know. Right. Okay. You can have a few if you want. (laughs) Um. I suppose if I could get to, you know, say to people before they start their first diet, there is another option. Like to get oh in gosh. there before the damage is done, right? Can you even imagine? I can't even imagine yeah. how yeah. glorious that would be. So I dieted for 15 years. I'm only 33 yeah. and I've dieted for 15 years. Well, I don't now, but yeah, for yeah. the absolute majority of my adult life. Hundred percent. And I yeah. think, what could I have done if I wasn't worrying about the size of my body or what I was putting into it? Yeah, yeah. Crazy. I know. Um, oh. That's probably the main thing I would say. And you know, there are there are anti diet and weight neutral health professionals out there. You just got to look for them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. I, I'm trying to find some of my own, so I feel yeah. the pain. Yeah. But yeah, we do exist. We're there are some there. directories that people are starting, like in the US, Reagan Chastain is doing a lot of really great work around this. Yeah. And I'm not, there's not as much in Canada. It's more in Canada. What I've seen is um, health at every size, like, um, like fitness trainers or um, 
uh, like massage therapists. So people who know how to work with different bodies, which is, I love getting massage. And I always think, Oh, does this person know how to work with like my particular body size? Is the bed going to work for me <laughs> for a massage the other day? And I'm large chested. And I was like, you know, you put your, you lie on your stomach and you put your face in the hole. I couldn't, my face couldn't touch the hole because my boobs were boying. I was like a solid foot away from like my face in the hole. So we had to like get pillows and prop up my arms. And I was like, this is not okay. This is not okay. So I often think about that myself because I I need regular massages as well. Mm -hmm. And I always, first of all, wonder where do the boobs go? Yeah. But we need like a little... Like with the hole that you have for your face, you need oh, a boob. Oh my God, um, that would be brilliant. You should patent that. <laughs> we should we should make that a thing. But oh. also the beds are so narrow. They're so narrow. Yeah. 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 And I have to like sit on my hands. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I can't. Like I either have to like, if I'm wearing underwear, I have to like tuck my hands into my underwear band to keep them like yeah. in place. And I'm like, well, I am an educated professional adult woman, not that any of that matters, but like I'm an adult woman and I'm tucking my hands into the band of my underwear to hold them in place to get a massage. And I'm like, this should be like a skit on SNL or something. Like, why is this the case? I don't understand. And it's, yeah, give me like three more inches on the bed and it would be fine. Yeah. Or even having like chairs that people can sit oh, in that gosh. don't have arms on them. Absolutely. That's one of my little projects at work, trying to get oh. armless chairs in every room. Good yeah. for you. How's it going? Are, is the are is the workplace open and receptive to that? Like, do they get why? They um they they do get why, and they are helpful at finding ones that we already have, but I'm still working on purchasing more. Nice. Oh, good for you. That's exactly. it. Seems like a little thing, but that's huge. It's huge for people. Amazing. Um, Laura, I have one more question for you, which is, where do you find your fat joy? Like, how do you stay connected to your inner joy in this world where? There's a lot of forces trying to take away your joy. So what do you do? How do you stay connected? (laughs) So many things. I get really energized having conversations that are you with people that are on the same page as me. Like this has been such a a joy to talk to you. (laughs) Um, Seeing things on, like I follow a lot of um, social media accounts where there's people in fat bodies. Well, first of all, just doing like everyday stuff because you don't get to see that either. But like, dancers and models and you know I just love seeing fat representation that it just yeah. brings me so much joy I can't stop saying joy um, <laughs> but for on a personal level um one of the big things for me has been and this is not this is not easy for everybody but giving myself permission to size my clothes up yes. finding clothes that I feel really comfortable in yeah. has been absolute game changer um and also see there's so many things um (laughs) giving myself permission to um just eat foods that I enjoy without explanation without having to justify anything just doing it yeah oh yeah not thinking about like as a dietitian I tend to look at nutrition labels or you know I've stopped doing that I just I don't care I don't care how many grams of carbs or calories or whatever you know I don't care 
Yeah. I want that thing I'm going to eat. I don't give a shit. Oh my gosh. Yep. I remember the moment where I realized, oh, I didn't look at, I don't know how many, cause I, you know, I've done like all the diets. I was like, I don't know how many points, how many calories, how many carbs, what I just ate has. I'm not doing diet math anymore. Like it was like this huge moment. I'd been probably, it probably took a year. And then I remember, I forget what I was eating. I don't even remember what it was, but it was just like, oh, I just ate food and like, didn't think about it. And I just followed what my body wanted. And that was, that's like a big deal to be able to do that. I hadn't realized how, again, how much energy and attention and emotional labor and intellectual labor that goes into policing everything that went into my mouth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Um, Christy Harrison talks about um, diets being the life thief. And that's such a good line. I completely take over just everything in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, When you let that go, you're like, whoa, I have so much time to do other stuff. Like, (laughs) I could do some, like, I can get some hobbies. and I can start a business, like, called Radical. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Crazy, isn't it? Um, Yeah, it really just proves that, like diets are just really it the roots of them are just a system of oppression Mm -hmm. and when you let that go my goodness like Mm -hmm. the freedom yeah that's why I really love that we have this phrase called liberation because it does it feels liberatory to not have to have all of those very crowded thoughts 24 7 yeah yeah amazing Mm. Laura, this has been so lovely. Thank you. It was so wonderful to learn about the work that you do as an anti-diet dietitian. I, you know, actually, as we were talking about your earring business, I literally had this thought, I don't know why I didn't do this when I ordered the other one or why I didn't have this thought before, but I thought, oh my gosh, I just need to order like 20 of those earrings and use it as like gifts to my clients because... I'm like, oh, why did I think of that when I placed my order to Australia? So I'm going to make another order (laughs) and maybe I'll get some grapefruit and some avocado earrings as well. We'll see. (laughs) Um, That about it. Perfect. Laura, such a joy. Thank you. This has been wonderful. All right. We will. I would love to have you on again at some point, especially as you go deeper into both of your businesses and do a little check in and see how it's going. Yay. All right, Laura, take good care. You too. Before we go, I'd like to read a poem because poetry can reach our hearts in a different way. Poems can have us feel in a different way. And that's what this podcast is about. Expanding our hearts deepening our empathy, and inviting in joy. So each week, you get a new poem. Today's poem is called With the Lights On by Micah Marie Johnson. My figure is a constellation, bright sparks shining when I open. I am the map and the destination, rippled and soft-bellied laughter. I'm a five-pointed star ready to be gazed upon, breasts buoyant and strong. My form takes up space. The expanse holds me all night long. I feel for the void and splatter. Each mark on my body, a galaxy. My freckles are love poems to read. I'm kept in orbit to be worshipped. 
rounded edges and subtle rubbing thighs. So I say a prayer in the mirror, then my body becomes the light. Thank you for joining me today. My hope is that you're feeling a little less alone and a little more seen. So until the next episode, you can find me on Instagram at fatjoy.life, on the website at www.fatjoy.life, and on Patreon at patreon.com fatjoy. Please don't forget to check out the show notes for how you can connect with my amazing guest and for the links to the poem. All right, lovely. I am sending you off with my wishes for an abundantly fat joy day. Talk again soon.